This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Glad to have you on a Wednesday drive. You are listening to WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where the NFL has already started leaking dates for the schedule that's going to drop in its entirety tomorrow night. Because everything has to be a primetime event nowadays. It's crazy. Hey, we used to have the Hall of Fame ceremony in the afternoon. Now it's in primetime. Let's put the scouting combine in prime time. Quarterbacks are going to throw at 7 o'clock. The draft used to be in the middle of the day. Now it's in prime time. I sound like an old man yelling at kids to get off my lawn. You watch. Give it two or three years. They're going to turn the schedule release into a full week prime time rollout, even though we already know who the opponents are. None of the NFL schedule leaks today featured the Carolina Panthers. So we're all going to be left in suspense until tomorrow night until we have the full list in our hands. Here are three predictions for what you should expect to see when that schedule comes out tomorrow, though. Number one, Carolina's going to open the season with a division opponent. My guess, the Atlanta Falcons. It's kind of crazy. You wouldn't think this was the case, but the Panthers haven't opened up against an NFC South team in nine years. 2014 was the last time that happened. Atlanta, it's been a while for them, too, since they opened up against an NFC South team. So it just makes sense that those two would play. It would be pretty funny, though, if New Orleans were the opponent, though. And here's why. The last two season openers for Carolina have featured what? A veteran quarterback being brought in in the offseason and playing their former team. Sam Darnold in 2021 opening up against the Jets. Last year, Baker Mayfield being brought in facing the Cleveland Browns game one. How funny would it be? Andy Dalton comes in from the New Orleans Saints, and rather than starting Bryce Young right out of the gate, it's Andy Dalton facing his former team. That would just seem to fit. Or maybe, who knows? To keep the trend going, maybe we'll be shocked tomorrow, and the NFL is going to schedule Alabama to face the Carolina Panthers, so Bryce Young can face his former team. That's doubtful, I would say. So that's prediction number one. Second prediction, either the Texans or the Bears games, or both, are going to be in prime time. Houston, that game has Thursday night football written all over it. In fact, the last time the Panthers played the Texans, it was on Thursday night. Remember a couple years back, the Panthers off to a 3-0 start, but they lost J.C. Horn for the year that day. They lost Christian McCaffrey, J.C. Horn, our guy, by the way. Give me that cash up, family. Christian McCaffrey got banged up. The Panthers won the game. That's the last time the Panthers played the Houston Texans. It'd be a matchup between the number one and number two picks, both quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young, potentially. That just seems like a perfect Thursday night game. There are new rules in place that don't prohibit the NFL from scheduling more than one Thursday night game for teams, but they are capped at two. And then you got the Bears game, which has real Sunday night potential, or even da 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 Monday night potential. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, the DJ Moore revenge game. 
Justin Fields versus the quarterback that the Bears could have taken if they didn't move off of the number one pick. Justin Fields versus the team that could have picked him number eight overall a couple years ago but decided to pass. That's compelling. I think the Panthers, for the first time since 2018, are going to get multiple primetime games. Haven't seen that happen since 2018, but you have the Bears, you have the Texans, you have the Dallas Cowboys are coming in if both those two fail. Just seems like there's going to be some intrigue when you have Bryce Young, you have the number one pick in place. But this might be the biggest swing that I have here. The biggest swing of a prediction for the schedule. The first two games the Panthers play will be away from Bank of America Stadium. They're going to be on the road. Carolina has opened up at home five straight years. Kind of crazy, but think about it. 2018, Dallas Cowboys came in in the opener. Carolina won a low-scoring game. 2019, the day I met my wife, the Carolina Panthers faced the L.A. Rams. 2020, Matt Rule's debut. Even though Robbie Anderson had a 75-yard touchdown catch, the Panthers lost to the Raiders. There was a fourth and one play. They had a fullback dive. It didn't work. 2021, we talked about the Jets versus Sam Darnold. 2022, we talked about the Browns. The Panthers lost with Baker Mayfield and a long field goal that was hit pretty much at the buzzer in that game by Cleveland. The Panthers haven't opened up on the road in a really long time. I say that changes tomorrow night. So why back-to-back road games? Well, Charlotte FC shares a stadium with the Panthers. And Charlotte FC has a home match the night before the second Sunday of the NFL season. Saturday night game. The Panthers probably, if they were at home, would be playing at 1 o'clock. I don't know if the NFL wants that. I don't know if the Panthers want that. So you might be looking at back-to-back road games to start the season And if that were the case, and you're the Panthers, and Austin Corbett's banged up, not going to start the year on the offensive line, and you're looking at back-to-back road games, do you sit Bryce Young early on? Do you start Andy Dalton as a result? Things that have to be considered. Those are my three predictions for the Panthers' schedule. Carolina's going to open up with a division opponent. My guess is Atlanta. Either the Texans or the Bears games, or both, are going to end up in prime time. And the Panthers' first two games are going to be on the road. That's my stab at the Panthers' schedule. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in. That's also where we're streaming video. And if you're watching our stream, you'll see the executive producer of this show, Will Dalton, wearing Teddy KGB's jacket from Rounders. Pay Pay that man his money. From Rounders. You still haven't seen that movie yet? No. I started it. Do you know who stars that movie? Matt Damon, right? Matt Damon. And you also got Edward Norton in it, and that's John Malkovich who's doing that accent. Pay him. How excited are you to watch Gladiator tonight? I'm pretty excited about it. Pretty excited. There's been a few movies that have been hyped up. Godfather. I don't remember if Hoosiers was one of them or not, but this one, I'm pretty excited about it. You'll recap that on... Tomorrow's show. We got another blowout in Kane's Devils last night and a little bit of history, too. According to ESPN's stats and info, this is the first time a playoff series has started with the first four games seeing a starting goalie getting pulled. 
That had never happened in NHL history before now. Four straight blowouts with the goaltender being pulled because of poor performance in all four of the games. The scores of the four games. Five to one, six to one, eight to four, and six to one. Be that as it may, the Canes broke the Devils last night. This is a wrap because they also broke Sir. They also broke serve in New Jersey's building. It's the first time a road team has won in this series. Carolina did that. They're up three games to one. They won convincingly. And after that five-goal outburst in the second period, four goals on six shots within it, fans were booing the Devils as they came off the ice booing them and then you didn't hear boos in the third period because those fans decided we're not going to sit through a second intermission sit here 20 minutes to watch our team meet its inevitable fate we're just going to leave so it was super quiet and tomorrow night it's not going to be the hurricanes will be at home with a chance to close the series and that's a place that new jersey has lost again 11 to 1 combined aggregate in the first two games the devils they know they're outmatched. All the things that the Devils want to do, Carolina does better than they do. It's a bad matchup for them. Carolina's just a slightly better version than of the New Jersey Devils than the Devils are. That's they they want to do the same things. And Carolina is just better than New Jersey is. And New Jersey knows they're not going to win three in a row. The series is a wrap, and Carolina needs to wrap it up tomorrow because you pretty much know who your opponent in the Eastern Conference Finals is going to be. The Florida Panthers tonight play a game four against Toronto, a chance to sweep Toronto on Florida's home ice. You get to sweep Toronto on your own home ice. You're in sunrise, a chance to wrap this thing up and go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's about time we start to look ahead to that series. Canes, Panthers, and if the Panthers wrap it up tonight and the Canes don't tomorrow, well then Florida's going to have an advantage of a bit of a layoff, which Carolina doesn't want. I think last night broke New Jersey, and we'll see if Toronto has a little bit of pride tonight on Florida's ice. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. Watching YouTube videos are a lot like eating Lay's potato chips. When you watch one, you just want to have another. You want to watch another video after that. So shortly, our full 30-minute conversation with Sean Clark, App State football coach, and App State's AD, Doug Gillen, who came by to hang out with us earlier in the show, will be there. You can watch that. And then you can watch ACC Baseball, etc., where Darren Vaught talks with baseball coaches, such as Tom Walter, the head coach of the number one ranked team in the country from Wake Forest. Uh, that will be this week's guest on that podcast as Darren joins us now. How about we raise the ante even a little bit beyond that? We're talking Wake Baseball. They're the number one team in the country. They have one more home series left. If you call us right now with an unusual question that we'll get to in a bit, the first person to call with an unusual question, we'll hook you up with a couple of tickets brought to you by East Coast Wings and Grill. 
to see Wake next Thursday night against Virginia Tech, which should be a really fun series out at the couch. 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Darren, when you look at Wake Forest, what separates them from the rest of the ACC and really from the rest of the country now that they're number one in the country? Yeah, they've, I mean, they with LSU have been the class of college baseball all season long. And um, joking with Tom Walter earlier, he's kind of like, well, you know, we we laughed about it. We, we don't see much difference between number two and number one. But as a pitching staff, Wake Forest has an ERA a full two runs better than LSU. I mean, think about that. Two, two runs per game better than the far and away best team in the country otherwise. And a full run better, I think, than everyone else in the ACC. 100%. It's, it's their pitching. It's so deep. And who would have thought coming into a season where they lost a guy named Teddy McGraw, who probably a top 10 arm in college baseball, maybe a, a, a top 10 or 15 pick in the MLB draft this coming summer. They lost him. They lost their top lefty reliever as well. And despite that, they have made it work and they've made it look easy. They're so deep. And it begins with Rhett Lauder, who's the best pitcher in the ACC, one of the best pitchers in the country in college baseball. But then you pepper in guys like Sean Sullivan as another starter of theirs. Josh Hartle has been heralded as a North Carolina prospect since he was like 15 years old. And I saw him on a, a Team USA squad. And by that point, he had already committed to Wake Forest. And it's because of these resources they have. They've they've really put their stamp on we are a player development program. And that's how they get guys in. And once you get guys in, you can do what's necessary to to make them gel and make them a great team as well on top of that. So, yeah, it, they're pitching. But, like, make no mistake, these dudes can hit too. It's, it's one through nine. It's, it's a very complete lineup they're ridiculous Larry Sorensen pointed this out yesterday and it's a great point it's not just facilities like the pitch lab they have it's having a staff that knows what to do with that and develop people properly there are plenty of programs across the country that have outstanding facilities even like Wake Forest but they don't use them the way that Wake Forest has it seems like yeah and again that is when look 14 ish years ago when tom walter took the wake forest job he thinks in this way he says you know how can we make ourselves different so that we stand out and, and to stop not, you and real quick and to hold you up real quick that's the same way dave clausen thought with football like oh man we're gonna have this offense that you know can bridge the gap that is gonna be there always when wake forest plays clemson and you which have, you to, have to, do, to win right? at Wake Forest, yeah. Yeah, it's what you have to do at a school like Wake Forest where, look, from a baseball perspective, they've got 11.7 scholarships just like everybody else, but they don't have as many as as much of the sort of uh, flex money from ac the academic side yes. that they can offer. It's different, right? So you have to sort of – you have to find ways to, to narrow the gap, and they've put a lot – into this pitching lab and into player development as a whole. And it's, it's paying off. Now let's get to unusual questions. Again, if you have an unusual question and would like to see the Deeks number one in the country next week, 
against Virginia Tech, 336-777-1600. It's really just an opportunity for us to ask some pressing questions that have been on our minds. Last week, guys, everybody made it out that I got mad at Josh and I left the press conference. That's not right. I thought it was an unusual question, and it's okay. It's time for Unusual Questions with Josh Graham. And Darren, this is the question that I wanted to ask you today. I was excited. We've been excited about a lot of things can, on the show. Can I ask? This isn't my unusual question, but yeah. can I ask a quick question? Sure. Why are you wearing overalls? Oh, there it is. Um, Sean Clark asked me the same question Took when he walked up to me. Um, so at about this time a week ago, about a week ago, I we hit 200 followers. It was on a Tuesday. We hit 200 subscribers on our YouTube channel. And I passively made a joke. If we get to 300 by the end of the week, I'll wear overalls for a week on the show. And we got there by Thursday. So <laughs> here if, I am. If we get to if we get to 400 by the end of the week, can you bring a slop bucket? You look like one of the Godwins. You know, only if, old school wrestling fans will will get that. Oh, if we yeah, if we get to 500 by the end of the week, I'll wear a clown suit. <laughs> um, okay, so that's. That's the answer to that question. Um, it's great seeing you that we could actually have visual <laughs> jokes such as that. You can watch on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So I'm stalling a bit, but it was announced today that Dolly Parton is going to release or later this year an album called Rockstar. It's a 30-track album that will feature nine original songs and then 21 rock covers, including... A cover of Let It Be featuring Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Peter Frampton, and Mick Fleetwood. She's reuniting the freaking Beatles on this thing. It's pretty impressive. Just leads me to the question. Is there anybody in America who has a higher approval rating than Dolly Parton? It's a great question and pertinent not only for that, for Ted Lasso fans out there, the character on that show, Trent Krim, was wearing a Dolly graphic tee. Inter in, internet in, lost its mind when they saw that. In last night's episode, or the episode that, that came out last night. True, like, king maneuver for a great character, Trent Krim. Um, man, I don't know. Because the second you said Dolly Parton's releasing an album later this year, you know, the, the, the hillbilly in me is like... Yes, sign me up. I'm a hillbilly right? too. Look at the overalls. <laughs> Dolly, like I was, I went to Merlefest and people would just tell me stories about 2001 when she showed up and it was the biggest crowd they ever had at Merlefest. And you look at the names of they've had. It was, it was unbelievable, Dolly. like type crowds they've had. But Dolly, I don't think anybody, like, if if somebody came up to you and said a negative word, you know who I don't like? Dolly Parton. I, you wouldn't be friends with that person. You don't want to be with those people. If anyone yeah, dislikes like, Dolly. And also, no one's ever said that sentence before. My mouth is trembling after just saying it in a hypothetical. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't even know that our brains have that that area carved out to store the names of the people who say bad things about Dolly Parton. That's exactly. Like that, we might evolve as a people if that were to start to happen more in that, you know, we create that that storage compartment of our brains. Let's get to a few of these calls. Mike and Elkin has won tickets to go see Wake Forest play Virginia Tech. Well, actually, he's at the one-yard line with a chance to win those tickets. You just got to ask us an unusual question, something that's just been on your mind, to go to Wake Virginia Tech next Thursday night. Mike, what do you have? Can it be a sports unusual question? Absolutely. 
okay, is the Wake Forest bullpen, the back end of the bullpen, the guys that are supposed to come in and close down close games. Yeah. Is it good enough for them to win in Omaha? I'll let Darren take this one. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, Mike, not only is it good enough, it might be the bullpen in in the country that gives its team the best chance. Cam Manassi is their closer. He's incredible. I know, like, Saturday against Boston College, the Eagles got to them late in a game. That was the first time all season that that had happened. Like, they're fine. And it actually, as a Wake Forest fan, should comfort you that they went through something like that turbulence they they experienced on Saturday prior to NCAA regionals or anything like that. Yes, the, the bullpen is one of the things you need to worry about the least with Wake Forest. Dave and Clemens, we're out of tickets, but what do you have on unusual questions? What's up, JG? Yeah, my unusual question is for Darren, and he hit the hammer on the head when he said you were giving off Godwin vibes from old school WWE. So I was going to see if he remembers who the two Godwins were and their manager. And if he gets it right, we need you to bring a slot bucket with you to give off the Henry Godwin vibes tomorrow. I'm so lost. But Darren, do you understand what he's asking you? I don't speak the language. Uh, it, w- w- it was uh, Chris and Henry Godwin, right? And they were – who did who managed them? Um, Billy Jim. There it is, Hillbilly Jim. Oh, that just unlocked a, like a core memory. Oh man, Hillbilly Jim. Thank you, Dave. That's outstanding. I'm tickling Darren with a wrestling question. I love it. Uh, what's your unusual question, WD? So I read a story today about Bo Jackson, and apparently he's had hiccups for an entire year. He's tried everything, scaring him, what, everything <laughs> for a year. For a year. It's crazy. Real thing. This is Real thing. It's the most Bo Jackson thing you ever. See this, Weird things like this just happened to Bo. Bo Jackson's <laughs> one of the strangest, most unique figures ever. Jeff Perlman, I haven't read his book on him yet, but I need to. What? What's the question? So about? the question is, what is the longest either of you have had the hiccups? No more than a day. <laughs> Has anyone had it for more than a day? Maybe a day. May- maybe, but most of the time you just like... I don't know. What, what were all the tricks when we were kids? Like also, you, stop you, scaring people. Like, yeah, my mom used I, to do no, that. Don't, that doesn't work. Just not don't. the scaring, but like you know, that, that was a trick. Um, salt water, holding, I did. Salt water, holding your breath. Apparently, <laughs> was s- sniffing a porcupine. Is, oh, it, that's that's, that's what, what prank WD. That's what Bo Jackson said he tried. Yeah, I bet he got pranked. Uh, gargling, <laughs> gargling uh, salt water. That's that's the move that. That's the remedy that my mom taught me as a kid. Darren, do you have an unusual question? I do. Do you guys have from your schooling experiences, you know, whatever level, right? So I just, I, yesterday, my students at UNC turned in their final projects. I just wrapped up my, my first semester as an adjunct instructor there. Professor Vaught. And, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm not concerned with how they view me, but I... I'm curious, right? So I've been sort of like scouring rate my professors to see if anybody said anything. <laughs> nothing, nothing there yet, but... I never to, rated a professor. To, to be continued. Um, do you guys remember like a, a a younger teacher or professor that you had? And what, what was your impression of them? Oh, yeah, I do. And it's not right that I felt this way, but I, <laughs> I just, I never really took them that seriously. 
And sure. It wasn't. It didn't mean I acted out. Like it's not like I was trying to be like a class clown or anything like that. But it was just more like I. I'm gonna just go through the motions of completing this class until you prove to me why until you prove to me otherwise. And this person didn't. I feel like you would sure. have impressed me at some point with some of your bona fides uh in the media space that you probably would have done better than this professor I had at ECU. Okay. Will, what about you? I agree with Josh on the not taking them all that seriously. Yeah. Usually they were the more fun teachers and fun in the sense probably in my case was they would like get you out of class earlier they wouldn't be mm -hmm. so strict when you were late yes yes and for me specifically let me context this it was a female very attractive yeah there you go there you darren go. vott he's that's kind he's of an what attractive I version of, he's a more attractive <laughs> version of me it's been spelled out like the many people hey you know darren he looks like you i'm like just say it yeah he's a better looking version of you yeah Darren Vaught. Interesting. He's got the frames. He's not wearing a hat right now. He's not wearing overalls. I'm not wearing, not wearing overalls for so, those not watching. So for today, I'm better looking than Darren in that regard. <laughs> so that's been unusual questions. On the way out, just how absurd is the AL East? Like, the Yankees won today. They have 21 wins. They'd be in first place in the AL Central. They're last place in the AL East right now. Like you look at the top four wildcard standings, they're all AL East teams. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, your, your birds are, I mean, they're going to be fine, but it creates this log jam. That's going to make it so that there's probably going to be a good AL East team at the end of the season. That's left out. I hope it's not my team. Postseason. I, I don't think it will. That will really hurt my feelings. Like we want, we beat Tampa last night at no point, man, that this week's been the first week I've sat down and watched Tampa. It's unreal. Like, like, they're like a super team. It's it's incredible watching them play. But we'll spend more time talking about them at a later date and college baseball as well. It is Professor Vaught, who was also Lottery Boy, who is also the host of ACC Baseball, etc., with Tom Walter on as a guest this week that you should be subscribed to and listening to. Joining us each and every week. Darren, appreciate you spending the time as always. Of course, as always. Check this out. We're on in five. The perfect blend of sports and pop culture happens this evening at six with the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's get this show rolling. Now back to the drive with Josh Graham. I'll ask the question and you let me know. If I'm off base or if there's somebody I'm forgetting about, but narrowing our scope to major professional American sports, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, and Major League Baseball, is there a more underrated franchise than the Miami Heat? The Heat have a chance to wrap up their series. They're up three games to one. They were an eight seed. Knocked off the Milwaukee Bucks. Did that in pretty short order as well. It looks like they're going to be going back to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Is anybody more underrated than them in major professional sports? Really, there are only two franchises that come to mind, WD. It's Miami and it's the Baltimore Ravens. Those are the two that I think of. Baltimore, they're never really put into the same class as the Pittsburgh Steelers or... 
the New England Patriots or anything like that, but how many franchises in the NFL have won multiple Super Bowls this century? In the 2000s, in the 2010s, slash 20s. Not many. Baltimore has. They've also had a head coach who's been in place since, I think, 2008. So they've had stability there, too. And they figured it out with multiple quarterbacks. Joe Flacco winning a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. Now having Lamar Jackson. Seems to be a lot of stability there. But I think Miami tops that because in that sport, which does not have as much parity as the NFL does, they're never included with the dynasties in that sport. When you hear modern dynasties discussed, it's not the Heat, it's the Warriors who are discussed. The Lakers, the Celtics, those are the franchises that are talked about. Despite the fact, WD, in the last 16 seasons, so we're not including this one yet because we don't know where it's going to end up at, they've been to six NBA Finals in 16 years. And there's a chance it could be seven in 17. And they're not just the product of one star. Like This is what makes them different than, say, San Antonio. The Spurs did it with one coach and one central player, one central core that was there forever, Tim Duncan. And this isn't to knock San Antonio. It's just a different thing. The Miami Heat, they won before. They won a title in 2006 with Alonzo Mourning and company. And then in 2006, they had Shaq and Dwayne Wade that won it. And then when they went on the run with LeBron and the Heatles, the big three, that's a different core, different coach. Pat Riley was the coach of the 06 team. Eric Spolstra, he's been the guy now. And now LeBron, Wade, Bosh, they're not around anymore. Shaq, Alonzo Mourning. They're about to go to their second Eastern Conference Finals in just a few years with a different core, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They were in cap hell like three or four years ago, paying way too much money to guys like Tyler Johnson. Sorry, that's another Wake Forest guy. I feel like I'm dogging on Wake in this segment. But at least we got a Wake Forest helmet here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just seems like I'm taking shots at Timmy D and Tyler Johnson. Like, what's next? Oh, Jeff Teague. Oh, that guy. No. Sorry, Wake. My apologies. Didn't mean to do that. But Miami, here they are again. And it doesn't feel like that they're ever included in that category as one of the top organizations in the NBA, yet with different players, different personnel. They just have that framework. And here they are. I don't want to be the... Sports radio guy, the heat propagandists, as people call it sometimes, talking about heat culture and things like that. But this is a very long, sustained run that we've looked at that not many teams in the NBA can match. In fact, can anybody in the NBA match that right now? Like, has any, has any NBA franchise been better than them over the last 20 years? Because San Antonio, one of the worst teams in the league this year. They haven't been so good the last few years. Right? You know, like sustained, like without many hiccups at all. Like the Lakers had a playoff drought for close to a decade. The Celtics, pretty dark years after Garnett, Paul Pierce, and then 
there might be there might not be a franchise that's more sustained over the last two decades than Miami. That might be where I'm stretching it, but you see what I'm saying here, which I think qualifies them for what I'm talking about. Most underrated franchises in major professional sports. Miami's not talked about that type of way, and they have the bona fides. The Baltimore Ravens are the only other one I can think of. I feel like the Heat, yes, over the last two decades, I feel like the only one that compares or maybe is entering the conversation would be the Warriors, but that's just over the last decade. Ten. It's the last 10 so. years. Right. San Antonio probably would push that just because from 98 till 2018, essentially, that was 20 years. They were awesome. Like, because they had the Kawhi it's just been years a while. after Duncan. Yeah, it's just been a while. So. That's me saying a nice thing about the Spurs and, and Duncan <laughs> on the way out of that. Yeah, just throwing that made out it up. Uh, we've got Stevie Nicks ticks that we'll be giving away in about 10 minutes. Weekly positivity. That'll be fun. Let's talk baseball for a second. Wake Forest. Now we got positive things talking about Wake Forest. They run ruled UNCG last night 14 to 4. You tell me which of these two stats is more impressive to UWD. That they're the first team in the nation in a conference like the ACC, first team in the nation to get to 40 wins across the country, or the fact that they finished 18-0 and in non-conference home games this year? Those are both really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know and which one's better. Larry Sorensen calls their games, and he was with us yesterday. We have this clip, don't we? Larry Sorensen was talking about expectations and I thought since Wake had never been past the super regional round under Tom Walter and this is year 14 you might couch it as okay hosting a super regional being there at the end maybe getting to Omaha that's the expectation no you're the number one team in the country and Larry Sorensen says you got to treat them as such well there's really only one expectation and that's winning Omaha you know that's the goal and it's not let's get to Omaha it's we've got the talent to win at Omaha and it's it's confident not cocky it's not overbearing but but there's a feel amongst these young men that they believe that they have the talent in all the different areas not just in one or two particular areas but overall baseball to be able to go out there and win the whole thing and the coaching staff has seen a lot of teams that have gone out there and won and they believe the same thing so that's college baseball and i can't wait for the ncaa baseball tournament to get here like it looks like Pretty firmly, we're going to have a fourth of the regionals hosted here in the state of North Carolina. Like right now, the the four teams would be Wake Forest, Duke, ECU, and Campbell, who are all hosting. Pretty cool, the latter two hosting. But that's college baseball. Getting to the majors, how about those Atlanta Braves last night? I don't know if you saw this, but the Braves played the Red Sox and they clobbered Boston. After taking two out of three against my Orioles, which was a great series, nine to three Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson had another bomb, three RBI. Charlie Morton, solid start, quality start. The Braves, they have separated themselves to look like the second best team in baseball right now. They have the second best record. And they made up a game on the Braves or on the Rays, because of my Orioles last night, beating Tampa, no big deal, 4-2. to two. 
beating. So what, is that series tied now? Oh, yeah. Well, Yankees got one on them. We'll see if he can close the deal. We didn't. Later tonight, Dean Kramer on the hill. We were the birds uh, will do. We were talking about this before the show, man. The AL East just is a It's unit. stupid. It really is. Like, I'm glad we don't play each other 19 times a year. At least we, we have that going Maybe our way. Beat each other up. Because the Yankees are in last place in the AL East, and they now have 21 wins. Did they finish off the win today? They win today? Yeah, yeah they beat the A's. Okay, they, huh. have, they have 21 right. wins, right? Mm-hmm. That would be first place in the AL Central. Yeah. They'd be in first place in the AL Central. They're in last place in the AL East. If you look at the AL Wild Card standings, the first four spots, it is the AL East. <laughs> the AL East. That's uh, what it is. The, the Yankees would be <laughs> second place or first in every other division in baseball. They're in last. It makes me kind of feel better. In the AL East. It makes me feel better. Does it? Uh, yeah, in a weird way. Because then you, those are the teams you got to play 13 times a year. That's not great. That doesn't make me feel great at all. It makes me feel like we don't suck. Like, I'm an Orioles fan. I'm like, hey, we got the second best record in the AL. Cool. You're five games back <laughs> of the team that's in first. Mm. You're second in your division by five games. Second best record in the American League. <laughs> this week in Weekly Positivity, your chance to win Stevie Nicks tickets. We're going to lift morale across the Piedmont next on The Drive. It's The Drive with John. We'll get back to the NFL schedule in just a bit. A reminder of some of the changes in terms of what can happen with the schedule in 2023 versus the past. There used to be a rule you can't have more than one Thursday night game in a year. Now you can have two. Games used to belong to certain networks. Not the case anymore. Games are seen to be, air quote, free agents, which means teams and networks, or specifically networks, are going to be vying for many of these top matchups going into the year. And it used to be that teams were guaranteed at least one primetime game. No longer the case, which means you might see more teams or fewer teams in primetime, but fewer teams mean that some teams will have just a boatload of primetime games. Maybe you look at the New York Jets getting six or seven primetime games now that Aaron Rodgers is there when usually teams will be capped at around four or five. Things that we'll learn tomorrow night when the schedule comes out. Now let's get to weekly positivity. We have Stevie Nicks tickets to give away for Friday night in Raleigh. How many pairs do we have? Dos. Two pair. So the first two to call in... And tell us something good. 336-777-1600. We'll be going to see Stevie Nicks in Raleigh this Friday night. Weekly Positivity raises morale across the triad right now. Oh, yeah. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Commander of the Armies of the North, General of Felix Nations, and loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, 
husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or in the next. Wow. WD's going to watch Gladiator later on tonight. I feel comfortable locking in Pretty Woman for you next week since that was one of the movies on our poll just last week that we were considering making you watch. And Sean Clark said that he loves himself some Pretty Woman. Apparently it was the first movie he and his wife saw together years ago. Hi, Will. Low, Josh. Low? You said hi, so I said low. Like, hello? Is that short that, for hello? It is today. Or is this high and low? I'm very confused. Low. Let's go to Joe in Greensboro. Joe, tell me something good. Hey, Josh. Hi, Joe. So, although we are down three to one, I got tickets to my very first NHL playoff game as a Devils fan for tomorrow night. Wow. And even though it's going to be tight, it's a great series. First game. I'm very excited. Joe, if you were in the building last night at Prudential Center, would you have been one of those fans booing your own team? Absolutely not. I am from New York, so I actually have a lot of disdain for my fellow New Jersey fans. I also wouldn't have left because that's a lot of money. Have you ever been to a Hurricanes-Devils game before? Have you ever been to PNC Arena? Uh, yes. Back in 2021. Okay. And I actually went to two, and I saw one win and one loss. Okay. The best places on the concourse. First floor, first level. There's uh, Cinnabon. Second floor, though, kind of like hidden towards like the elevators. They have like a PDQ stand that's awesome. You're welcome, Joe. Thanks, Josh. There you go. So Joe in Greensboro is going to be in Raleigh watching his Devils Thursday night and now going to be in Raleigh Friday night to watch Stevie Nicks. Hey, WD, tell me something good. My dinner last night? was so delicious. Oh, yeah. You're the guy who posts pictures yes. of your dinner on IG before you uh, eat yes. them. I, I know when you think your dinner is good because I see or you good because I see it on your social media beforehand. You do. Bones got to eat. Before you tell me about that. 3367771600. We have one more pair of Stevie Nicks tickets for Friday night available. So last night I made like a ground chicken, lime, cilantro type dish, had rice in wow. it. It was so delicious. I'd never made it before that way. Yeah. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Now, something else I'm pretty pumped about. So I went to Target before the show. What do you got there? I got some Mio here. Oh, give me some good, of that. Good, good. <laughs> give me some of that. Because we like to- Some of that spray that you put in your water to make it- It, it is. Tasty. It is. Er. I like to get the cat because I'm a caffeine addict. So I like to get the caffeine cons, got B vitamins. And and I went in there just to get one. And they were on sale. You gonna give me one of those? I will. Yeah. Two for six dollars. So <laughs> let's go. That's good. So I got the same one I got last time, the bl- the wicked blue citrus. Oh wow. I also tried the strawberry pineapple smash. That's I'm pretty excited about that's it. That's pretty good. 
get to those phone calls. Yes. Uh, wow. My wife is working late Your shifts. Wife. My wife is working late shifts this week. So I went to Costco last night, got myself a hot dog. I did the savage thing where I packed myself some Lay's potato chips and like a, like a little snack bag to have along with the hot dog because I'm a planner that way. And then I just got myself a big old thing of ground beef, WD. Like, it's in my fridge right now. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I feel like a college kid all over again. My wife's going to be working tonight, so I, I have to account for myself dinner-wise. And I just got a big old slab of ground beef. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. That's, that's my <laughs> dinner plan. Season that bad boy up. Season it up, baby. Let's go to Max in Winston-Salem. Max, it's harder to whisper for a long period of time than you might think. But tell me something good. Best shop. So, my boss is bringing me to the UNC NC State baseball game this Thursday. Where's that at? Is that at Doak or is it at Boschimer? It's it's in, at UNC. Okay, at UNC. Okay. I'm an NC State fan. He's a UNC fan. Oh. And I promised him that I wasn't going to wear NC State gear, mm-hmm. but I'm going to show up wearing my shirt with a ram head on the mantle and, the, and Mr. Wolf sitting in front of the fireplace oh. as a nice surprise. That's a good one. Also... Carolina fans never wear camo. State fans always wear camo. So just wear some camo. And I might have to go to the Army Navy store then. That's, that's not a bad idea. Well, you're going to be going to the Bosch this weekend, and you're also going to go see Stevie Nicks on Friday. How's that sound? That sounds so awesome. No, 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 no. Let's try this again, Max. That sounds Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Max. That's Max and Green and Winston Salem, uh, rooting on his wolf pack this week. Oh, while we're talking about things that are good, WD, who are my two sports teams? The O's and the Canes. Both winners last night. Wow. Yeah. Canes, birds. I don't, I don't know which one I was more excited about the Canes winning in a playoff series. Or the birds beating Tampa, who's awesome. Or good. I don't care about the birds. It made me super happy. Happy camper. Do we ever talk about unhappy campers? <laughs> or is it always just no, the happy it's, ones it's that we be talk a about? Happy camper. When I camp, often I wasn't happy. Why not? Because camping. It's great for some, but for others, not so much. But you never hear about the unhappy campers. Title of the pod today, Unhappy Campers. I think I would be an unhappy camper, unless I was in an RV. And that's been Weekly Positivity. <laughs> <laughs>